Hey y'all, Walls here. Before we begin this episode, I need to add a disclaimer that I will briefly discuss an artist who committed suicide a few years ago. I know that suicide is a tough topic in general, and if you or anyone you know is having issues with suicidal thoughts, please call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Now, on to the show. Okay, so this week's episode features a handful of songs suggested by actual real-life students. I'm excited to get into the discussion today. We're going to move from songs with a very chill vibe to songs that rock. That's R-A-W-K while I'm making double devil fist horn, devil horn fists. I forget that podcasting is a, uh, it's not a visual medium. I'm just trying to describe the scene for you. Anyways, our first submission is a song called Probably Maybe by Bjork. Now, you might you may think, like, Bjork, like, what weird noise did Mr. Walls just, like, accidentally make? But Bjork is a person. She's an artist. She's a prolific artist. I, I, I'd heard a lot about Bjork. I knew of Bjork. I'd seen some uh, some of her, her uh, more outlandish outfits that she's worn to award shows and stuff, and I knew her reputation as kind of a strange, unusual, avant-garde musician. But I'm going to quote the intro to her Wikipedia page here for those of you who do not know who Bjork is. What do we have here? Bjork... Guman's daughter is an Icelandic singer, songwriter, record producer, actress, and DJ. Over her four-year, four-year, not four-year, four, over her four-decade career, she has developed an eclectic musical style that draws on a range of influences and genres spanning electronic, pop, experimental, trip-hop, classical, and avant-garde music. So uh, Bjork makes a lot of music, and a wide variety of music. Now, this particular track is on her 1995 album, Post. Uh, this might actually be the first time I've ever listened to Bjork on purpose, and I've got to say it's not as strange as I thought it would be. The song's music is similar to some of the alt-pop stuff I've been listening to lately, uh, and I like her vocal delivery. There's a melody there, for sure, on this song, but you can tell she's not really tied to it. Uh, she's got some, uh, you know, I, her vocal style is just very interesting to me. It's attention-grabbing. I do dig what I think is a major theme of the song as well, which could be that life is unpredictable and it's hard to commit to anyone or anything in a rapidly changing world. I mean, look at the title there, Probably Maybe. That's about as non-committal as you can get. Um, yeah, uh, it makes me think of, uh, what was that rom-com with Ryan Reynolds? Uh, Definitely Maybe. So, uh, cool stuff. All right, thanks, uh, thanks for uh, suggesting that track. Uh, and the tra- track two is Title and Registration by Death Cab for Cutie, and I found that on their 2003 album Transatlanticism. So this tune is more straightforward. It's just kind of like alternative uh, uh, alternative rock, but it's, it's acoustic, uh, as far as I can tell, mostly acoustic. And I really like Death Cab's album Plans. That's the album that got me into Death Cab for Cutie. I think it's actually technically the only album I've ever listened to by them front to back. Uh, one thing I do like about Death Cab is that their name comes off as like a metal band, but they're far from a metal band. We'll call it like acoustic pop, alternative acoustic pop, acoustic, acoustic rock pop. I don't know. I'll dig into this album more to get a clearer picture of the themes, but I am digging like this song. When I, my first listen, I was like, ooh, it's kind of like a road trip metaphor. And it made me think this album might be like about like literally traveling but also about this idea of putting distance between yourself and someone else. So I looked into it, and according to the album's Wikipedia page, it is a concept album about a long-distance relationship. And right before this, this album was released, the band was experiencing some tension, and they, the members decided to take some time apart, and then a few of them worked on their own little things. 
and then they came back together to record this album. I do love a good concept album, an album that kind of has like a major theme or idea. You know, think of it like an essay, like a, the, the band Death Cab for Cutie here wanted to write uh, a, a musical essay about the concept of a long-distance relationship, and that's what this album is. Uh, that's, a, that's a good future homework assignment, talking about our favorite concept albums. All right, so thank you for suggesting that track. I really enjoyed it. On to track three. So we're picking up the pace a little bit with some nine-inch nails. Uh, the track that this uh, student suggested is The Hand That Feeds, and that is from Nine Inch Nails' 2005 album, With Teeth. Now, I've been a Nine Inch Nails fan for a long time, and I'm glad this one popped up for today's episode because I hadn't thought about this album in a while, and it was really fun getting back into it. Uh, the most recent thing I've heard from Trent Reznor, he is the the brains of uh, Nine Inch Nails. He's yeah, For the longest time, I think he just kind of was the only uh, writer. Uh, he's the vocalist and he, you know, and, and, and musician, uh, but he, I think he's actually brought on a, uh, a writing partner. The, the band, it's a two-person band now. Anyways, but Trent Reznor is also known for his music, uh, his, his movie scores, rather, and he, he did the score for the movie Soul, uh, Disney Pixar's Soul that just came out pretty recently. Uh, so, uh, really interesting guy, um, you know, read up on him, he's, he's been through a lot, he's come through a lot, he's, he's made a lot of important life choices uh, lately that, have, that hopefully will keep him around a lot, le- a lot longer, uh, but uh, when I listened to uh, this song, uh, The Hand That Feeds, I was reminded that, that Nine Inch Nails has some like bops, like just some really fun sounding music uh and it's there's a term that i've i've heard called evil disco uh there's a, a band years ago a band uh, there was a band called uh, static x and the lead singer his name is wayne static and uh he kind of became known as the king of evil disco and uh so what that means is you've got like you've got music that is that's heavy it's metal it's industrial it's got crunchy guitars and riffs but a very danceable beat so uh, you know, so think of uh, so if you go listen to uh, the hand that feeds, it's an up tempo song. It's it's danceable. You can nod your head to it, tap your feet to it. Uh, but it's got the classic Nine Inch Nails uh, industrial metal sound to it, and some very antisocial slash like fight the power lyrics. Uh, I love it. Now, uh, fun story. I saw Nine Inch Nails live a couple years ago at the Orpheum in Memphis, and at that point, it ended up being the loudest concert. I'd ever experienced, and uh, and it's hard for me to convey to you now in this environment just how loud it was, and just how visually stunning the light show for it was. Um, you know, that, that obviously it was a tour, and at this stop, I don't think that the band knew they would be so close to the audience because at one point, Trent Reznor actually stopped the concert, stopped the stopped everything, and asked the front rows if they were okay. Uh, so, uh, awesome live show. If you ever get a chance to see Nine Inch Nails live, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, Return Reznor did everything from vocals, guitars, you know, he had a keyboardist on stage doing the synth stuff, uh, you know, metal band, industrial, all that kind of stuff, but there's even a couple tracks uh, from one of their most recent records where Trent Reznor plays the saxophone. So, uh, I got to see Trent Reznor play the saxophone live on stage. It was very cool. All right. Uh, moving on to track four. So the first three tracks were actually suggested by one student, and, I, and you know we're trying to do one one track a week. So, uh, but this, you know I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to get content here. So I, you know I put all three of those on there. This next track came from a different student. Shout out to the student for this one because I I never heard this song before. I wasn't even really familiar with this band at all before this. We're talking about same old situation off of Motley Crue's 1988 album Doctor Feelgood. 
1988. That was a long time ago. I was I was born in 1984, so I kind of missed the uh, the whole hair metal thing. I do know about this song from watching MTV growing up, but if I'd heard it today and you didn't tell me who sang it, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I, I know of of hair metal songs, but I'm not well versed in my hair metal band knowledge. I just think of hair metal as kind of this monolith of sound that that existed in the '80s, and then you slowly transitioned into bands like Guns N' Roses. That like Guns N' Roses might be the most like, I know they're not a hair metal band, and I'm not trying to offend anyone, but they they might be the most hair metal band I've ever like that been familiar with. I guess uh, I kind of you know so I, I kind of skipped all that. Like I was a big fan of Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, Metallica, like all those kind of bands, uh, Anthrax, like coming out of the '80s, Slayer. Uh, then I missed the hair metal scene entirely, and then got into like grunge, like uh, audio, not audio slave, Soundgarden, who would kind of turn into, uh, well, then Chris Cornell went into audio slave. Anyways, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, that kind of stuff. So as far as this this song goes, I mean, I've talked a little bit about themes uh, for the songs we've been listening. This one is pretty straightforward. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, if you listen to it and you you get to hair, head banging too hard, make sure you've got your uh, your hairspray handy to fix your hair. Uh, after you mess it all up, jamming to same old situation. I did watch the music video for this one, uh, just uh, when I was listening to the song, and I gotta say, going to a Motley Crue show must have been wild. Those concerts looked intense, uh, and I, uh, I, I think are they going back on tour? They might be going. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if their shows would be. I wonder if Tommy Lee would still get into the. Uh, he's a drummer. I wonder if he'd still get into his like little like drum bubble and like go out and over the top of the uh, the, the crowd and. All that kind of stuff. Looks like it might be a really fun show. So shout out to the student who suggested Same Old Situation off Motley Crue's album, Dr. Feelgood. Uh, now, my pick for the week is in honor of 311 Day. Yesterday, I'm recording this on uh, Friday, March 12th. I, I wrote this up on, on March 11th, which is 311 Day. For all of you who don't know what that is, one of my favorite bands of all time is the band 311, just 311. And on March 11th, 311... Uh, 311 fans all around the globe just celebrate how awesome the band is. Uh, and so I'm going to add uh, the song Days of 88 from their 2017 album Mosaic. And, and, and there's like literally hundreds of uh, 311 songs I could have picked um, you know, from when I was growing up and, and all, all that stuff. But I wanted to pick this track because it represents kind of a return to form sort of thing for me. Several of the bands that I really enjoyed in high school, through college, middle school, high school, college... That these bands that have been around for 30, 25, 30 years now have put out albums in the past five or so years that really kind of go back, kind of call back to their their previous sound. So, you know, all the stuff that I love about 311, early days, you know, they were kind of rap, rock, reggae, punk, some metal stuff, kind of alt, alt, alt metal stuff, very, very musically diverse uh, records. And then they kind of, they, you know, some of their middle stuff I wasn't a huge fan of. I'll say this about 311. Even if they put out an album, like uh, their album From Chaos. I was not a huge fan of From Chaos as far as like the, the music went, the album. You're just listen, listening to it in my car. I remember buying the CD and be like, oh, man, I can't wait. Putting it in my uh, my little Pioneer in-dash record you know, CD player with the cool little like LCD display on the front to go through my, uh, my Rockford Fosgate amp uh, or sub and all that stuff. But I turned it on, and I was like, ah, this is okay. Like, it's just okay. Like, fine. But even if they put out a record that was just okay, their live shows were always on point. They would play songs live that if I listened to it on CD, meh. But, man, live, it just, oh, it was awesome. Um, another band that's done this, like Metallica. Metallica just put out Hardwired to Self-Destruct recently. 
Uh, and it's kind of a return to form for Metallica. You know, Death Magnetic was good, but a lot of people were kind of like still left like, man, it's not like we're not back yet. We want more. We want Metallica. Uh, and I remember the last Metallica show I saw, they played um, a song live that I'd, I hadn't heard. I don't think I'd ever heard it live by them for uh, Through the Never. And on the Black Album, if you listen to the song Through the Never, it's okay. It's cool. I like it. But man, when they played it live, man, it was awesome. Anyways, back to 311. Good stuff. Uh, 311 is all about positive vibes. So if, if, you, if you're just feeling like you just need some positive vibes, put on Days of 88 by 311. Start getting into their, 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 um, their discography and uh, just, just soak up all those good vibes. 311 is an awesome band if you need good vibes. All right, finally, on to our homework assignment for this week. Uh, so last week, I asked you guys to listen to an album all the way through and then think about how a different track order might affect the album's vibe or overall message. I did this with Kendrick Lamar's album, Damn. I listened to the regular edition, uh, which has the tracks going from uh, like 1 to 12 or 13. I forget how many. Uh, but then I listened to the, uh, what do you call it, uh, special edition, like the collector's edition, and the tracks are reversed. So... What was the last song on the regular edition has become the first song. And it's just it's just a very different flow to the album. Instead of moving from some of the absolute bangers like DNA and Humble, uh, then into the more narrative and like kind of more thematic stuff on the on the record, you start off with that thematic, dark storytelling element of his of the, the album and then end with those high energy, high intensity uh, uh, songs. So uh, yeah, let me know what you think about that if you're if you're still thinking about that. And this week, here's what you're gonna do you are going to go find an album that features multiple artists. And I'm not talking about a soundtrack. I'm talking about an album where a musician or a producer creates the tracks and then different vocalists sing on each track. So here's some examples. Like Slash from Guns N' Roses did this where he made an album uh, where he played guitar and there was a backing band, but then different vocalists uh, sang on, on each track. Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath has done this. One of my favorite examples is by a quote-unquote band called Probot. I say it's quote-unquote band because the band is actually just Dave Grohl, uh, the guy from uh, the drummer from Nirvana uh, and the current frontman for the Foo Fighters. He laid down, uh, he, he basically made like a whole bunch of actual songs. He played the bass, he played the guitar, he played the drums, did all that himself, and then sent each of the songs to different vocalists. I can't play the one that I that I really I, you know that I really want to play for you guys because it's got a it's got a bad word in it. Uh, of course, you know we're trying to keep all this PG-13 as far as the stuff we're listening to. But if you if you find the album Probot and the song Warlock, uh, I, I'd be very curious if you listen to it, if you can guess who the vocalist is. Uh, I had to look it up. Okay, uh, I was I was shocked. But once you learn who the vocalist is and you listen to it again, you're like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. I get it now. Uh, so, but the album I actually want to talk about is a, an album that really, man, this album really got me through uh, 2019, 2020. Uh, it's an album called Anesthetic by Mark Morton. Now, Mark Morton is a guitarist from the Lamb of God, and this album absolutely shreds. It's got some bluesy stuff on it, too, it's, you know, some, some slower tempo stuff, but mostly it just rips. And the key track for me is Cross Off featuring Chester Bennington from Linkin Park. Now, sad stuff here. Chester, he did take his own life. It was, he tragically took his own life in 2017. Uh, and this track was released after his death. I was and still am a huge Linkin Park fan. And I appreciate Chester's contribution to the music and, to, and metal world in general. Uh, but this track brings two of my favorite genres together. It just hits hard. Like, you got the new metal uh, element with Linkin Park and, and Chester Bennington. New metal was a huge scene when I was in high school. You had Korn and... Uh, you know, all those, and Limp Biscuit and those, those new metal bands, not N-E-W, but N-U is how it was spelled. 
but I, I really like, you know, and I guess Linkin Park is technically a new metal band, or they were, uh, but all their albums had really diverse genre-bending songs, and, they, and all of them are really connected with my music brain. I still dig their stuff, and I keep up with Mike Shinoda's work as well. Mike Shinoda is the, uh, the MC, the rapper in the band. He's awesome. Uh, if, if you're taking my class right now, we might listen to a Mike Shinoda song uh, later when we read some nonfiction work. He, uh, he writes about real-world stuff. Anyways, so then you've got Mark Morton, and he brings his groove metal chops to the track. So you've got bands like Machine Head, Slipknot, Devil Driver. They kind of got me into what's called groove metal. But Lamb of God, I think, and, and again, you know, all these things defy classification, but Lamb of God took the concept of groove metal and ran with it. Uh, good stuff. I really like, I've really enjoyed getting into Lamb of God. I was really excited when Mark Morton put this album out. Uh, he's also got kind of a, an acoustic version of the same thing, where he, he, uh, it's, it's an, he plays the acoustic guitar with different vocalists there as well. So there we go, guys. There's Season 2, Episode 2 of Walls Cast. When you want to hear me talk about the songs you like, hit me up at wallsamcnary.org. Let me know what songs you want featured on next week's episode, and we'll just keep adding these tracks to our Spotify playlist. I'll talk to you soon, guys. In the meantime, be safe, be kind, and be nice to your neighbors.